So again, we're so glad that you're here with us, and um, today we're going to talk about uh, kingdom building, is going to talk about today, add power to your prayers. Mm. I mean, I I want as much power in my prayers as I can get, Jim. What about you? Uh, yeah. I mean, why I waste time, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, we're a couple of businessmen. <laughs> we don't want to waste God's time, and we don't want to waste our time, you Amen. know? Amen. So uh, listen up today, and we may not get finished with it, uh, so we may have uh, more episodes on this, but uh, uh, we're going to talk to you today and talk with you about uh, adding power to your prayers. We're going to discuss different kinds of prayers um, that God wants us to pray. We're going to talk about, we're normally not at Kingdom Building a, a list. We're not list people, but we're going to give you a list today. Uh, the seven necessary conditions for true prayer. I'm going to say that again. The seven necessary conditions for true prayer. And then we're going to talk about uh, uh you know, how when we were young in the Lord, uh, we said all these prayers that, you know, probably didn't get answered. Most of them didn't for me. They were me, all heard, though. Huh? They, were all, they were all heard. They though. were heard. Here always we your, your young, prayers yeah. always heard. But we're, we're going to talk about uh, kind of how not to pray. I mean, there's all prayers good because it's uh, you and the Lord. And so, but, but there's some ways that you can pray that's going to have more power. So, um, you know, Jim, I'll start with this. As a child, you know, we're taught to pray, at least in my house we were. I mean, before I went to sleep, uh, we were taught to pray, um, now I lay me down to sleep. Mm-hmm. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before, and boy, I always thought, Wait a minute, man. I'm five years old, and I'm thinking if I should die before I wake. I mean, <laughs> you said I come to give you life. <laughs> that's kind of morbid, but anyway, I pray to the Lord my soul to take. Anyway, we've all heard that. And then at, at dinner, lunch, whatever, whenever we had a uh, family uh, meal, we would always pray. God is great. God is good, and we thank Him for His food. That was my extent of prayer as a kid growing up, um, you know, and then I got to a point where, you know, as I started following Jesus a little more, I, I, I thought prayer was all about asking God for health, provision, and direction, which there's nothing wrong with that at all, but um, the more I look into prayer, Jim, I find out there's so, so much more than just my, me, 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 providing for my needs and, and my direction and my health or health of others. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, so the Lord will guide us into the proper prayers, and um, those types of prayers have power and authority behind them. And we're going to talk about how to get more power and authority in your prayer life. Um, and and so I think the first thing I realized growing up is is that my prayers were like rubbing a, 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 a like a vase and a genie pops out and giving me three wishes. I mean, it was it was all about 
getting something for me. And, you know, even even as kids or whatever, you know, so God honors some some of those prayers. And sometimes those prayers are answered in spite of our lack of understanding of who God really is and what prayer is all about. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, I think that um, prayer, uh, prayer, your prayer life grows as you grow. Mm, right, that's good statement. Let, that's let, true. Let's put it that way, because I know that uh, when um, the Lord first appeared to me in a hotel room, uh, I was I was a good boy. I went to mass on Sunday one hour when I felt like it. <laughs> When you weren't at the bars, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but the Lord, by His grace, He did appear to me one night um, because I was under a, a tremendous amount of stress. And you know, the Bible says that God dwells with a broken and contrite spirit or broken and contrite heart. And and that's where I was really. There was a lot of turmoil in my life, and I just couldn't get any answers as to how to get out of this turmoil. And uh, that's the first mistake we make is we try within our own self to try and get out of the problems that we have created, not that God created. Uh, we blame God for a lot of things, by the Boy, way, that, uh, that, that they just they simply uh, is not God doing it. Um, God gave you free will. Come on. God gave you free will. Okay. Yep. Uh, and a lot of times we do a lot of things that, frankly, is – totally outside the will of God. Uh, but as we grow in the Lord, and I think that this is what we're going to be talking about here this morning, is as we grow in the Lord and as we mature, um, our prayers become more specific. Our prayer life changes. It evolves, yeah. so to speak, into something that is not so superficial right. as it was when we were younger in the Lord. Right. It's just like when I was young, even as a teenager, um, you know, I would ask my dad, for this and for that, and he would withhold a lot of it. Um, and I understood in my heart why he did, although I didn't like it. Um, and it's the same way it is with our Heavenly Father. Um, he's not going to give you every request of your heart. Uh, it's like the Lord told me. He said, if I gave my children every request of their heart, then I would be in a constant competition with the things that they love in the earth versus they should be loving me and having a relationship with me because that's where the true riches are. So that's what we're going to talk about, how to um, actually come into the riches of God and to start praying rich prayers, uh, prayers, things that we can decree. Like he said, you can decree a thing and it shall happen for you. Uh, that's the place that we want to get to. Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. How do we grow into that kind of a prayer life where we can come to the place of maturity in Christ, where we can decree a thing and actually see it come to pass? Yeah, that's for sure. Well, let, this is a definition, Jim, that just is real simple. Uh, we're going to get into a lot more detail as far as what we feel prayer is. But true prayer is, all it is is communion between God and you. It's that simple. It, it is that yeah, simple. It really is. And, and, and it's not, you know, yeah, you can kneel and, yeah, you can do a lot of different things, and, and that's, that's fine. But it's also just talking like Jim and I are talking right here. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. We're communing with each other. We're mm-hmm. communicating with each other. Um, but where do you commune with God? In the secret place. You commune with God. We, we did a series on the garden. The garden of God is within us. And it's the garden is where you, you know, where did, where did um, Adam and Eve commune with God? In the garden. And that's the same place you commune with God, only that was a natural garden, whereas inside of us is a spiritual garden, a beautiful place that you can commune with God. This communion takes place in the innermost part of man's being. We are one with God when we realize that we're one with God. Mm-hmm. The oneness. Our prayers have more power and authority. Because I was talking with uh, Scott on the way down, and we were talking about Romans 17. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And you know, that faith is his faith. He puts into everyone, he puts in a measure of faith. But that word, the word word, word of God, in this Romans uh, ten seventeen is the word, is Greek word rhema. And Raymond, rhema is uttered by a living voice. You know, now when you read the Bible, that's logos. But when you read something, like this scripture in particular, and it speaks to you, through an uttered voice, even though you may not hear it audibly, then that's rhema. It's not the written word. It's coming from a living voice, a living source. It's a spoken word. And if you've never heard God speak to you, today's your day. You need, you, you need to really listen because we're going we're gonna to show you that God is still speaking today. It's not something he quit doing when the last apostle died. Amen. He's still speaking. And it's a living word that he's speaking to you. And it's and it's he's you're so special to him that he'll speak it directly to you and it's not to anybody else. That's why he created us, Rich. Um he's our father and he Amen. created his creation uh, to have fellowship with it. And and that's where everything happens, really, is when you fellowship with the Father. You know, you, you used the word faith before, and you talked about we were going to tell where faith come from, and the verse that pops into my mind is um, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Yes. So where does faith come from? I think Paul's very clear on that. He says, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher. These things are not difficult that we're talking about here. Uh, Frankly, I really truly believe that a lot of religious dogma and doctrine and theology has made all this stuff extremely difficult for God's children. And I think that this is something that God is doing in this new day that we're moving into. He's, he's pulling the wraps or the veil off of our understanding to see that much of the things that we have embraced all our life really was not of him. I hate to say it, but it really was not of him. And I speak from my own personal experience. 
you know, when you hear, uh, I'm going I'm to give you five keys to God's bank and you're going to have finances the rest of your life and be blessed and so on and so forth, um, you know, it really, it really doesn't work that way. I know that Rich before talked about seven procedures, and I know where he's going with that, and it's, and it's reality. It, it's good stuff. Um, and it's all about how you can really prosper in the Lord instead of prosperity, mm-hmm. but how you can prosper in your soul in the Lord. Yes, amen. Well, the, the, the next step I felt in my life, I, you know, I used to think God was out there somewhere. You know, we were always taught that God was omnipresent, which means everywhere. And he is omnipresent. But that's not, by God being in Russia or China or India or whatever, you know, that's not speaking to me personally. And God, God, you have a personal relationship with the Lord. And so I thought he was out there. I had an outward relationship with God because I was praying somewhere out there. I don't know where I was praying, but somewhere out there. Until one day I got the revelation, Jim, that he lived and moved and had his being in me. Mm-hmm. That was a huge – I mean, this is, if you just get this – if this is a revelation to you, trust me, your prayer life is going to change radically. I I've realized that I was the temple of God. And greater was he that was in me than he that was in the world. And then I read this where Paul said, this is the mystery that's been hidden for ages and ages and ages. And that is Christ in you is your hope of glory. And and God said that he won't give his glory to another. Well, I think when you realize that Christ is in you, then you can realize that he's going to bring you from glory to glory. And he talks about the glory that's revealed in you. Yeah, because we're not another. No, we're not another. He won't give his glory to another, uh, but we are not another. We are actually the child of the Lord, and we are in oneness with him. It's, right. it's really God in us and God as us, if you can embrace that Ooh, truth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good stuff, Rich. But this revelation, Jim, was the to me the first step and it put me on the road to a better understanding of the kingdom of God. Because where's the kingdom? Hmm. Kingdom is in us. We play the song, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Well, where is that kingdom? It's in us. So the first thing that will put more power into your prayers is knowing where he is and it doesn't get any better than knowing that he is so close to us that he even lives in us. That is why he said that he will never leave us, never forsake us. How can he if he lives in us? How can he leave you or forsake you if he dwells inside of us? Well, you know, Rich, one of the scriptures that's very powerful is he says, even if you deny me. I cannot deny you, for I cannot deny myself. 
That's a powerful scripture when you think about it. Even if you deny me, I mean, there's many people out there right now, and there may even be some loved ones that you've been praying for, uh, and they may be denying God by the way they're living, the lifestyle and everything, but keep praying because God will not deny them, okay? They're still part of him. They still have the Christ spirit inside of them. They just have to be woke up to that reality that Christ is in them and loves them. And that's a big word for the time that we're living in is being awakened to the fact of who he is, where he is, mm-hmm. and who he is in us. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's huge. Then the next thing I had to understand is that God, prayer is not all about begging him to do something. <laughs> you know, when I was a little kid, man, and we were in the grocery store, and we passed by that candy aisle, man, if there was a long line before mom could get checked out, she got abused. She got blasted. Because, oh, my gosh. I mean, I was like a dog on a bone, man. I, I want that Hershey bar, you know. <laughs> and uh, after she knocked me down a few times, <laughs> no, I had a great mom. But anyway... Um, you but, got the cran- you got the candy bar. <laughs> no, nah, not all the time. And I, I did get smacked once. I know, twice. But, but the point is, God yeah. does answer even childish prayers. I got know. the candy bar, and the candy bar was a wonderful, loving yeah. mom. You yeah. know. But anyway, you know, when I was begging the Lord for this or that or the other, I truly believe that that this begging reveals our lack of faith. You know, we are not saying that you shouldn't ask. That's definitely not what we're saying because he says, ask, seek, and knock. And, um, and, and the other thing is, like Jim said earlier, God hears every prayer you pray. He's not deaf. God's not deaf. And, and he heard you the first time, and he already knows what we have need of before we even ask. I'm drawn to, to this Philippians 4, Jim. I'll read this, and then uh, if you have a poem or whatever thoughts you have. Um, Philippians 4, verse 6 says, Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Boy, I know I can take uh, heed of that scripture just oh, yeah. so far. I mean, yeah, how many to, of us worry about yeah, stuff? Even how, today, even today, you know. Always. Yeah. Right. We're always pulled in different directions. Our old nature's always. I mean, the media pulls you this way, and then a friend pulls you that way, and then a job pulls you. I mean, we're always pulled in different directions. But Paul says, don't be pulled in different directions and, and quit worrying. I mean, it's easier said than done. I realize that. But I can tell you that I used to be a worrier. My mom was a worrier. But I, I don't worry as much anymore. I really don't. I think it's something that God will really help you get into that place where your faith is built up. And when your faith is built up, the worry lessens. But but Paul goes on to say in Philippians 4, 6, be saturated in prayer throughout each day. So right there, that dispels any myth that you have to go into a prayer closet. You have to kneel by your bed. You have, you know, that takes away all the rules and regulations. What he's saying is commune with God throughout your day. I mean, 
I talk to him throughout. If I'm out in the garden, you know, doing stuff or mowing grass, I'm, I'm talking to God. And then it goes on to say, and this is important, offering your faith-filled requests before God. Now, we said earlier that those faith-filled requests can only be his faith that he's put in us. It's his faith. Before God with overflowing gratitude. He, he, he wants you to have an attitude of gratitude and thank him for all that he does. Tell him every detail of your life. I found that one interesting. He already knows every detail. I think he wants us to tell, whenever he says, ask a question like, Adam, where are you? And that's not for God's sake. So God's provoking exactly. Adam to think where he's <laughs> That's at. for Adam, and I think this is for us. Tell him every detail of your life. I think he does that, Jim, to break the ice. Mm-hmm. Because we, who do we know, what do we know most about ourselves? Mm-hmm. Who does people like talking about mostly? Themselves. And so tell him every detail of your life. And then verse 7 goes on to say, Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through through Jesus Christ. That that's man, every hand's going up right now saying, I want that. I want that wonderful peace that transcends human understanding. And then he comes in and makes it even better. He's going to guard our hearts and minds. Wow. It's like you need the helmet of salvation just to keep those fiery darts from hitting your mind, you know. And so, anyway, I just thought that was a beautiful verse. Do you have any poems? Or I know you have. Lord gave you a couple poems just recently, yeah. and it's right yeah, in line did. with what we're talking about today. Yeah, he did. And uh, but one of the scriptures uh, that's uh, that's coming to me very strong is when Paul said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. Um, it all starts with knowing him. Mm-hmm. Um, the love that you have for God and for people. It all starts in knowing him. Okay? It's like Rich and I was talking a couple of days ago, and I said, I can always tell where I'm at in my maturity as a son of God, as a child of God, is by the measure that I put out in the way I treat people, the way I think about people, the words I say to people, or the words I say about people. And because everything depends on we've got to know the Lord and the power of this resurrection because when you first get saved, God opens your understanding to the fact that you are a new creation in Christ. And, it, and that's what dawns on you. Oh, my goodness. All the while I thought I was Jim, but all of a sudden I'm finding out that I'm really Jim, the child of God. I'm a new creation. And, and God wants our whole way of thinking to change. He wants us to get our mind renewed. Several times the Bible talks about getting your mind renewed. And the reason why God wants us to get our mind renewed 
is so we can walk in the very nature of what he is so people can see him as he is. That's the reason why Jesus came. I know he came to save us, but one of the main reasons why he came was to reveal to us that God is a God of love. He's a God that can be trusted. He's, he's a God that brought life to you, and he's the God that's going to continue bringing that life, and he's going to continue to increase that life in you. Jesus wanted us to understand that the Father could be trusted, and that's what he said. When you see me, you see the Father. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it all starts in our relationship with the Lord. And the Lord gave me a poem here just this morning, as a matter of fact, and um, it goes like this. 4.30 in the morning or yeah, 4? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, it's generally the best time to speak to the Lord because your flesh man is dead and your spirit man's alive <laughs> unto Christ. Uh, but I was talking to him, and he's been talking to me basically about prayer. And, and do you really want to see, get answers to all of your prayers? And I'm saying to all of your prayers, son, do you want to see them come to fruition instead of praying, consistently praying amiss, praying out of your flesh instead of praying out of my mind? And you have the mind of Christ, but you have to tap into it. And so he he gave me this poem uh, to show me how to succeed and have a successful prayer life. And it goes like this. is what he said to me. Pray silently until you receive my mind. Now, you know the Scripture says, be still and know, doesn't it? So he says, pray silently until you receive my mind. Then praise me, and you will find the keys to all the treasure in my spirit above, and you will understand that I am truly the God of peace and truly the God of love. Then you can prophesy my mind and my will. In other words, once you pray and you come to the understanding of what it is that God is saying to you, he's, he's imparting his will and his mind to you, you know you're on the right track. Then you can speak it out, prophesy it, or speak his mind and his will out. And it says, then you can prophesy my mind and my will, but only as you get quiet and still. For there are many adversaries between your will and mind. That's a very powerful statement the Father made to me. Very true. There are many adversaries between your will, what you desire, and what I desire. But it ends with, but if you will diligently seek me, you will always find the answers that you seek and the right solutions in due time. Praise the Lord. He said, everybody who asks receives, and that's what he's saying. Continue to ask, and you will receive. Praise the Lord. Well, hope you hope y'all are getting something out of this. Uh, stay tuned for part two.